Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. out of the blue on this beautiful Sunday morning. Um, it's about 20 degrees out there. Uh, we are broadcasting live on Smith Street in Collingwood at the 3CR studios. And they are we are on land stolen from the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, original owners of the land on which 3CR is located. My name's Donna and I'm bringing you today's show and we are interviewing Christine Parfit, founder and managing director of Australian charity Bottle for Bottle today. We've got some news, we've got some events um, and we'll be back right after this short announcement with Christine from Bottle for Bottle. Hope you can stay with us and we look forward to bringing you today's show. Hello, this is Dan Salton, and you're listening to 3CR Blackfella Radio, Melbourne. Welcome back. You are tuned to 3CR 855 AM, and we've got Christine Parfit on the line. Welcome to the show, Christine. Hi, thanks for having me. So for all you listeners out there, Christine is the fabulous founder and managing director of a charity called Bottle for Bottle. And that is Bottle, B-O-T-T-L-E for Bottle, B-O-T-O-L, which is Indonesian for bottle. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, it definitely confuses people. (laughs) (laughs) I do admit I had to Google it myself, actually. Um, Even though it sounds so obvious, bottle for bottle, but I did Google it, so getting my facts right there. Um, So welcome to Out of the Blue. I'm really glad you could make it on today. Um, So Christine, thank you. Christine and I met on Tuesday night at a fundraiser film screening of Blue, the film Blue at Loop on Myers Place. 
And it's the first of a series of fundraisers, I believe, but we'll come back to all of that. Um, first, I was wondering, Christine, if you could just introduce our listeners to Bottle for Bottle and what it is and how it came about. Um, and I guess maybe a bit of your inspiration for um, starting this great charity. Yeah, okay. So um, I was living in Indonesia uh, about six years ago now in West Bali with a local family. And originally I'm a marine scientist and I was working with a local turtle conservation centre out in West Bali. And while I was there, I met this really fantastic, inspiring teacher called Pat Kiasa. And he had this incredible group of students who used to do all sorts of environmental activities like bird watching and beach cleanups and composting and tree planting. And working with him and his students, I really noticed that the plastic problem over in Indonesia was not from lack of people caring, but a lack of understanding that it was even a problem. And so working with Pakyasa, we developed the idea of Bottle for Bottle, which is where we we educate students in Australia and Indonesia to reduce single-use plastics. So we send them through an eight-lesson education program, all about plastic, where it comes from, where it goes, and what happens if it finds its way into the oceans. And then we, at the end of the lesson in Indonesia, we give every student a stainless steel water bottle. And that means that they can access water by refilling it rather than by purchasing plastic. Uh, plastic cups of water. So through the time with Bottle for Bottle, we've dropped um, about 3.5 million plastic cups from being used. So we've had a pretty significant impact. So that's, yeah, that's probably a... a Yeah, amazing. That's a very significant drop. And I guess for our listeners um, and myself and anyone else tuning in, uh, what is it about the water in Indonesia that... I guess, turns people to having to drink out of um, plastic cups, cupped water and that kind of thing? Yeah, look, I think a lot of it is is historic. Um, They were encouraged to boil water and never to drink water straight from the tap, you know, for for a very long time. And so they've they've grown accustomed to always, um, yeah, drinking, you know, sterile water or not, not sterile, but, you know, very quite clean water. But as time has gone by and pollution has, you know, impacted their rivers, a lot of it plastic pollution, and, you know, you see a real downturn in the quality of the water. And one of our staff from Bali just came over to Australia this last week to join the screening. And she, she was saying that, that the quality of the water is so low that, that they can't even boil it anymore now and they have to go and buy filtered bottled water from, um, you know, the local local shops. That's the only way they can gain access to drinking water. So, yeah, well, without getting sick, of course. Yeah, yeah. right. So, and what's yeah. causing the increased pollution in the water? Is it like poor waste management practices? Is it... Um, sanitation issues or growing population? What kind of factors are impacting on, on the water quality over there? Do you know, I, I, one of the biggest problems is actually tourism. Um, our big hotels and the big golf courses, you know, particularly in Bali, take an awful lot of fresh water out of the local suppliers. And because of that, 
in combination with an awful lot of plastic pollution, people throw their rubbish into the rivers. Um, yeah, those two sort of combined, uh, you know, that the, the people are seeing, you know, drought as well as poor quality water. So, yeah, wow. partly us. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. had no idea that tourism had that kind of impact on local yeah. waterways in, in countries like Indonesia and islands like Bali. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And we're about to start working on a small island off the coast of Bali called Nusa Lombongan. And similar kind of problems is, you know, there's so many people coming to the island for tourism and taking really long showers and, and what have you that the 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 rivers are getting more and more saline um, with, you know, the underground wells and, and rivers are getting more and more saline. And so, again, on Newsom and Bong and it's tourism that's causing the water to become less and less drinkable. Wow. And so if I yeah. was a tourist, for example, going to Bali or one of the other Indonesian islands, what kind of things can tourists do, do you think, to lessen their impact on local waterways and rivers, creeks and ultimately the ocean? I, that's a really hard question. I, I think, um, you know, one of the things would be take short showers and remember, just like Australia, these these countries are experiencing drought-like conditions, um, you know, particularly with their fresh water. So that would be one thing you could do. Um, but it ultimately comes down to you know, slowing down development over there and um, reducing, you know, not, you know, the government not permitting the golf courses, which suck up a lot of water and, mm. and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's a bit of a tough one. It um, is. As a tourist. It is. Yeah. And it's sort of a catch 22 because um, people are encouraged to support local tourism industries and, and whatnot, but I guess often wouldn't know that those industries can often have uh, pretty negative impacts on, on local communities like what you just described. That's right, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a tough one. Yeah. yeah. Um, on Tuesday night when you were speaking um, at the fundraiser event, the film screening, you mentioned a, a natural phenomenon, and I put that in inverted, comma, in inverted commas, oh. of plastics washing up on the beach in Indonesia each wet season. And I tell you what, it's hard to do a show, out of the blue show, um, these days without it somehow coming back to ocean plastics. Like, you know, I've been doing this show for, yeah. I don't know, seven years or something. And I remember when we first started, it was, you know, we talked a lot about kind of what was in the news, um, research that was coming out. And I think rarely it was about ocean plastics. And now I feel like every week somehow um, we're coming back to plastics in our oceans and yeah it's quite astounding um and I guess when you hear things like this about uh the this natural phenomenon um how do you maintain I guess your focus and positivity um in this space as as a charity as an activist as a marine scientist when this is so prevalent all the time in what you do I don't know I think if I think if you get too negative it, it, you can get overwhelmed by all of these topics, and and so I find it, it's really important to to stay positive and look at what you can do rather than feeling guilty about what you can't do. Um, 
I guess that's probably the, the perspective I take. And then, you know, I work with such a fantastic team in Indonesia and it's, it's so fun um, working with them that I guess, and we, and we have such great impacts. I think all of that combined makes it much easier to stay positive. And it's really exciting that the that the, the issue has gained so much momentum in the last year. We've been operating for, you know, five, a bit, bit over five years and no one knew anything about plastic pollution. So it's quite exciting that it's just taken such a huge turn over the last 12 months and people are starting to sit up and take notice and do something about it. So I think we are in a really positive time uh, of a really tangible issue that people can see, um, you know, it's not like climate change. It's very hard to deny that plastic pollution is um, exists. So I think that helps. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I have that kind of discussion with friends in this industry too often because um, it is so easy to get overwhelmed um, and I just – sometimes come back to that saying one person can't do everything, but everyone can do something and yeah, just try and focus on the things we can do together. And I guess lobby or advocate for the things that might seem a bit big or out of our kind of sphere of influence, I guess. So yeah, it's great what you're doing and what your organization's doing. Um, I guess another question for you is what kind of programs or campaigns are you working on now and can can anyone in Australia get involved and how can we do that? Yeah, definitely. So our next big project is Noosa Limbongan. There's, um, five, I think there's five primary schools and eight schools in total on, on that island and about 1,600 students. And so what we really want to do is reach every student on that island with our education program and donate a stainless steel water bottle to each of those students, ultimately uh, swapping out water, um, the the way they access water. So instead of purchasing their water in single-use plastic cups, we're trying to um, swap that to refilling it from gallon containers. It's still the same supplier, but it comes in those um, big bottles that are sent back to the supplier and refilled. So there's a lot less plastic pollution in the in the process. So that's our our next big leap that we're going to do next year. We've already worked with a couple of the schools on the island and we've, um, I guess, made a few tweaks to the program such that it it works well on on that island. So that's that's our project in Bali. Australia, we really want to reach out to Australian schools and bring them along this journey with the Indonesian students. So... That's something we're, we're certainly working on is, is how to how to do that in a way that's really, you know, useful and not too time demanding for our, our Australian schools. So in terms of how you can get involved, it, at the moment it, it's mostly fundraisers. So you can purchase a water bottle or make a donation on our website. Um, but, you know, we're always looking for volunteers. We're... we're our board of directors is based all across Australia um, and we're very used to working on Skype. So anyone interested in volunteering with experience in predominantly education, fundraising, um, would be more than welcome to come to come and contact us and, and get involved. 
So, yeah, right. I think that would be great. Yeah. Cool. And I did notice on Tuesday night you had a few of the bottles on display on one of the tables and they had interesting, yeah. like, pictures and stuff on them. Can you tell us a bit about how who designs your bottles for you? Yeah, that's right. So we actually do well, – in previous years we've done the bottle design as a competition between our Australian and Indonesian students and a winner from each country gets – their design printed on the stainless steel bottles. So those are the water bottles we use at the moment in Australia to sell as fundraising and then to donate in Indonesia to switch out, to switch the system, the plastic, the water system away from plastic. Great. Yeah, Yeah, and I love what you said just before about um, moving away from those small kind of one cup type cups into that larger refillable um, using larger refillable containers which then get sent back because I think one of the main or one of the problems with single-use plastics is that it kind of has no value but switching to something that yes it's still plastic but it's reusable and it has value and someone's taking it back is a really big step um, as well in combating plastic pollution issues is getting rid of that kind of single-use side of, of things that's, that's absolutely right. I think single-use plastics makes up a huge proportion of the plastics that we use. And if we can reduce that significantly, that's what's really important. I, I understand that plastic is an incredibly useful substance and we need it at, at the moment for a number of our you know, products and services. Um, but, yeah, that, that single-use focus is, is really where we're at. And, and making it simple to to reduce. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So are there any other fundraisers that you would like to promote on air for us today so we can share that with our listeners? Uh, well, you can try, but our next fundraiser is in Perth. Don't oh, wow. Don't know how many listeners we have in Perth. <laughs> we might, we might. <laughs> yeah, if you do. Um, yeah, we're, we're running another screening of the film Blue. I just love that movie. I think it's really powerful. And so we're doing that um, down in Rockingham, which is near the, near the beach in Perth. So uh, that's our next next fundraiser. And, yeah, I, then we're going to have a break for Christmas and, and rest because it's been a busy few months for us. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, I think if, if people can tune into our social media that would be fantastic because on there we'll be announcing um you know the various activities that we're doing and that that's a really good place to stay up to date on what we're up to and whether you can come along because we're definitely going to be holding some more events in melbourne we've got fantastic volunteer who plans the event at the loop and she's really keen to do another one early next year so yeah if anyone wants to get involved in in that I'm sure she would would love some help amazing thank you so much so the um, bottle for bottle is if you want to look them up they are www.bottleforbottle.org or bottle for bottle on Instagram and Facebook and that's b-o-t-t-l-e-f-o-r-b-o-t-o-l um, if anyone would like any more information, thank you so much for joining us today, Christine. We are going to cut to a song and we'll be back with news and events right after this. 
Welcome back to Out of the Blue. You are tuned to 855AM3CR. I'm Donna and or you're listening to our podcast, Out of the Blue, on your favourite podcast app. Um, I've got a little bit of news for you all now. So a um, couple of stories. The Port Augusta City Council in South Australia's north has begun removing 500 trolleys from waters near its wharf in the Upper Spence Gulf this week amid long-standing concerns over community safety. It issued a notice last month warning locals not to jump from the wharf into the water as they risked serious injury. The project cost $15,000 with the bill covered by the council and the city's major supermarket chains Woolworths, Coles and Big W. Once removed, the trolleys were pressure cleaned of barnacles in preparation for recycling. Uh, Our next story, uh, members from the Australian seafood industry are persisting in their calls for an inquiry into seismic testing despite the Senate having twice rejected the idea. Seismic surveys, which are used to search for undersea oil and gas deposits, involve firing intense sound waves into the ocean floor, which fishers worry could disrupt the behaviour of marine life. Southern Bluefin Tuna Industry Association President Brian Jeffries said not enough is known about the impacts of the practice. The surveys have become of particular concern to the seafood industry in Port Lincoln, South Australia, which, with its tuna, oyster, rock lobster and prawn fisheries, considers itself Australia's seafood capital. Norwegian oil company Equinor plans to drill an exploration well in the Great Australian Bight next year in an area of the ocean that the city's seafood sector also relies on. Seismic surveys have been known to damage lobsters' air sacs at the bottom of their horns, meaning when they flip over, they can't right themselves. And finally, for the next three months, Tasmania will play host to a drilling platform that featured in the 1998 Hollywood blockbuster Armageddon. The Ocean Monarch, which has been drilling for gas in the Bass Strait off the East Gippsland coast, has been towed to Hobart for maintenance and minor repairs. The 107-metre-long rig will be taken to the entrance of Ralph's Bay in the River Derwent, where it will be anchored for 12 weeks. Environment groups have raised concerns about the rig's presence in Ralph's Bay, a known habitat of the spotted handfish, a critically endangered species found only in the River Derwent. The species' natural breeding ground has been decimated by the invasive Northern Pacific Sea Star over the last two decades and the CSIRO and University of Tasmania are working to conserve the species. Strategic Director of Environment Tasmania Philip Crocker said any disturbance could pose a risk to the fish who uses fins and feet, as feet to walk on the seafloor. EPA Director Wes Ford said the rig went through strict Commonwealth regulatory checks before arriving in Bass Strait. There are news headlines for today and I've got a couple of events for you all. The uh, Friends of Stony Creek in Footscray are having a history tour next Sunday the 25th of November at 10am and the meeting point for that is the Yarraville Community Centre. Please head to Friends of Stony Creek on Facebook for all of those details about that event. Uh, also, Marine Care Ricketts Point has a change.org petition out at the moment. They're hoping to get 500 signatures on their petition to ban smoking in and around the Ricketts Point Marine Sanctuary. Um, I'll put a link on our Out of the Blue Facebook page for that uh, petition if you would like to sign it or visit Marine Care Ricketts Point on Facebook for all of those details. Our Facebook page, if anyone uh, hasn't liked us already, is Out of the Blue on 3CR 855 AM. Head over there for links to 
uh, all the things we've spoken about on today's show. Um, and our final uh, event that I'm going to give a plug today is that the Rainbow Warrior 3 is docked in Port Melbourne at the moment for one day. This is a public tour at Princess Pier in Port Melbourne today. It's uh, open now, I believe. So head on down. It's open this afternoon. Um, you can print a T-shirt, do some art projects, get some photos. And um, Rainbow Warrior 3 is uh, coming is in Australia to campaign against oil exploration in the Great Australian Bight. So head on over um, and check that out. Uh, thank you very much for listening. My name's Donna and you have been listening to Out of the Blue for another sunny Sunday afternoon or morning here at 855 AM 3CR. Check out our podcast. It's Out of the Blue. Um, you can listen online, 3cr.org.au. Um, i got to get out of here because Sally is in very soon with Out of the Pan. Happy Sunday. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. <laughs>